Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Moderately Athletic Podcast. I am your host, Sam Wontok, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Tyler Noctical and Ethan Decker. Fellas, how are we doing this fine evening? Doing great. I'll go first. You know, I'm doing great. Oh, I'll, I'll go first. I'm um, doing great. Really excited for this. Um, been talking about it for a while. Just ready to talk football, ready to talk ball. Um, ready to hear you guys' opinions on a lot of things, and just excited to go. Decker, what about you? I'm feeling really good, as um, most of you viewers who might be checking this out have, uh, remember me and Sam from Skull Chat last year. It was a um, mildly successful run, but um, this is this is our new our, our new project, and we are ready to embark on history here, and I'm excited. Exactly. Yes. I think we've, because we've expanded the range of what, what we're going to talk about, and that will definitely expand an audience. Yes, uh, of course. But, of course... Some of you might have no idea who we are, so we're going to start by doing that. Well, as I just mentioned, my name is Sam. Uh, I am a Vikings fan, have been since 2001, and I don't plan on that ever changing. Um, I like long walks on the beach, I like my dog, and I love the movie Whiplash. All right. I'm Tyler. I am the solo Packer fan in this podcast group. Um, I love my dog. Also, like Sam, but uh, most importantly, I love the game of football, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it. So, Deck. Yep. As, as you guys know, I'm I'm Decker, and I like Wan Talk, diehard Viking fan. Um, as for me, you know, love 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 the game of football as well. Love fantasy football. That's a big emphasis on the fantasy football. And yeah, I, I'm just excited for this to get going. Yeah, cause, because as Tyler had touched on lightly, he's the only Packer fan in this podcast. He's outnumbered 2-1. to one. And, you know, Tyler, do you think there might be a challenge getting your opinions across the board when you're outnumbered so heavily I mean, in I this think we'll, arena? Yeah, I think we'll see, like even today, there might be... You'll see the biases come out in our... Um, our uh, award predictions today which is the topic of today's episode um there's you know sam's got his own biases i got my own and that shows decker's pretty partial i would say but um yeah when it comes to getting my point across with you two it's uh it might take some uh twisting of the arms to for you guys to come across but hey let's uh let's try it out yeah i think that that's the best way to do anything is to just try and see if it works out <laughs> So, so the main thing we'll be doing. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah, trying to uh, tie tie things together here. We're yeah. we're learning, we're learning, we're, we're trying, learning. Yeah. we're trying things. That's how we do it. Uh, okay, so basically, our plan for for this inaugural episode is to um, show you how we think the award ceremony will be going this year. Uh, I think you'll definitely need to more insight of how we think, what we value in a sports team, and who we think is going to come out on top. We're going to be covering MVP, the Offensive Player of the Year, as well as the Defensive Player of the Year. And we've got our rookies on both sides of the ball. And we got Coach of the Year, com- Comeback Player of the Year, as always. And now uh, we're going to have a surprise at the end for mm-hmm. you. Uh, it's, it's a very special award. Uh, it can only be won by the... Um, best players, so I'm. I think we're gonna save that one till the end. We are. Well, yeah. we're gonna go over that when when we get there. So, um, 
yeah, that's going to be the big plan. Uh, I don't know how we want to start this. You know what? I'll uh, kick it off. I'll kick it off with okay. my okay. with my MVP Three prediction, um, only because you two have the same one. But, um, you know, I, I'm i going with Justin Herbert this year. And I think, you know, last year and even his rookie season, he's shown just, you know, that potential he had. And a lot of people were worried about a sophomore slump and he did not show it you know he he improved on his rookie season and if he can just improve just a little bit more on even a sophomore season this the sky is the limit for this guy he's got great weapons around him his old line is beefed up um they you know the chargers drafted um zion johnson in the first who is um, who's going to be playing i assume right guard on their old line and this guy is an absolute stud he's super smart i think he graduated boston college with either a 4.0 or um over a 4.0 when it's weighted and so you know but not only is he super smart dude's a mauler he's a thick guard who's going to be um helping the right side of the ball which they really desperately need needed to protect justin herbert and um kind of going off of that the weapons he has uh, he has Keenan Allen, who is aging a little bit, but he's still, um, in a lot of people's opinions, a top five wide receiver, and that just comes down to route route running um, for Keenan Allen. And then on the outside, you got um, Mike Williams, who's just you know, a go-up-and-get-it kind of guy. He showed just how great he can be at the beginning half of last season, then kind of trickled off due to an injury. But, um, you know, that dynamic duet wide receiver can really push Herbert um, into that MVP category, and I think the odds right now has him as like the fifth fifth best odds. But um, so he might—he's not the clear favorite, obviously. He's not really a dark horse, but he's in that conversation, and it's for a good reason. Um, you know, it's going to be a very, very effective offense, um, and I'm excited to see it. So yeah, that Justin Herbert—that's def- definitely a good pick for sure. Yeah, that yeah, that's definitely raised some good points there. It's, um, I mean, I think what's definitely going to come down to Herbert being that guy is he obviously has to make a playoff appearance to get to MVP. Right. Um, and, of course, oh, man, they were, you know, one uh, bad coaching decision away from making it. Uh, so uh, I do think if he makes the playoffs, he's definitely a guy that yep. can be in that conversation. Yep. So it's definitely a solid pick for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll kind of take the point on this one with me and Sam having the exact same MVP pick, but we both have Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. I don't know what your reasoning might be one talk. I'm assuming we might have the same sort of reasoning, but I'm just a big Bills guy this year. I think they I think they build on... They, they take that AFC Championship loss they had last year, which was an absolute heartbreaker, where many people thought they were going to the Super Bowl. I think they build off that, um, especially Allen. I mean, he still has the weapons around him. He has Stephon Diggs. They add Jamison Crowder into the slot there. They got Gabriel Davis on the outside as well. Dawson Knox, maybe O.J. Howard, a former first-round pick who's been labeled the bust mostly because of the time in Tampa he had. But they bring in O.J. Howard to go along with Dawson Knox, and he's got, uh, you know, average not great backfield and Devin Singletary and and, um, Zach Moss. But James Cook comes in, having a great camp. Obviously the brother of Dalvin, so if those genes pay off, James Cook could become an animal. But... Um, I just think Josh Allen's just the sky's the limit for him and the team this year. And obviously the loss of Dable hurts for him. But I just think the guy is just too good. Just too many good weapons around him. Solid O-line. 
being able to be mobile and you know and that division with the Patriots, Jets and Dolphins, you know, obviously Belichick you can never truly count him out to win the division, but and the Dolphins, you know, got got better with adding Tron Armstead left tackle to protect Tua and then you had Tyree Kill out there as weapon as well. But I just think I just think the division is gonna be definitely the Bills to take and you know, Super Bowl appearances is kind of like Super Bowl or bust for them this year, so I'm thinking thinking big things for Josh Allen. Yeah, because I don't want to echo everything that, you know, you just said, but I mean, I do think you summarized it perfectly. One aspect that I think that we should definitely touch on is that Josh Allen has always had that rushing ability, which, I mean, I think is definitely going to help, like, the stat side of his MVP season because he's always been a guy that can run it in and get some good yards and get some good touchdowns as well. I mean, like... Because uh, that's what really got Cam Newton over the edge back in that 2016 season. And I think that while he's not a Cam Newton in rushing, I think he's up there. So I, so I think that that rushing ability will also be a be a big factor. But, yeah, it's like Bill's probably going to be the team to beat, and Josh Allen's going to get him there. So I I think that the MVP this year is his to lose. So yeah, that's that's what I think personally. Yeah, you guys bring up good points. Um, it's definitely the Bills' division to lose, but I think uh, playing in the AFC West, I mean, it's, I feel, I at least hopefully, voters take into consideration level of competition played. And, um, you know, I think with the past couple um, MVPs being Rodgers, which I know you guys uh, dislike, but as a Packer fan, I see that, and, you know, I saw especially last year, just the numbers that he put up compared to Tom Brady. Tom Brady put up better, like, numbers statistically. But just the overall efficiency that Rodgers had was um, just, like, far beyond. Well, I shouldn't say far beyond. It was They were better than Brady's. And I think that's why he won, just how efficient he was throwing the ball and the amount of interceptions he threw. Um, and I think that's the difference between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen we're going to see. I think Allen's going to put up those numbers, uh, be far and away probably the league in passing yards. Um, he's going to be a top rusher. But I think Herbert is really going to take that step to become more efficient throwing the ball and have the more efficient um, numbers and the, st- the statistics um, that some voters look for are going to be there. Sure. So I think that's why I'm leaning Herbert over Allen this year. I definitely get that. That's yeah. that. That is something that they might certainly take into consideration is that touchdown interception ratio, mm-hmm. and Josh Allen's definitely a little more, uh, well, less cautious than most in terms of some of his decisions. So that could that could definitely be be the big deal breaker if that does come down to that. Um, shift over to I suppose if yeah, there's we shift over to office player of the year. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's see your offensive player of the year picks. Tyler, um, want to set this one off again? Uh, personally. Or, or Sam? Yeah, I no, just, no, no, no. Let, oh. let me start. Okay. I'm, oh I'm going to start. Because this is a big take. Uh, I know that uh, some some of you might not like my, my reasoning or think, uh, oh, here's where the bias comes in. But no. No, no, no. Not biased. Simply fact. Justin Jefferson, offensive player of the year. Let me tell you why. All right. KOC, baby. KOC. He wants to do a pass-first offense, all right? Pass-first. And Justin Jefferson has been in a run-first offense uh, his 
like his his entire career, and he has the most receiving yards in his in your first two seasons ever. This man is about to explode onto the scene, especially if Thielen and KJ Osborne can stay healthy to take away some of the pressure on him. So he's not just being covered by the best guy every time. I mean, it's 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 really not even fair at this point. Justin Jefferson is going to run away with this one this year. I I don't know if we're going to see cup-like numbers, but uh, I I certainly wouldn't doubt it. I just think that shifting gears to really just feeding Jefferson for, for, for the first time ever and not trying to keep the ball on the ground for like most of the game, that is really going to probably push him over the edge and just get him that like that, that top echelon ability. So it's, it's Jefferson no-brainer. Yeah, you know, I just saw an interview, um, Jefferson did, and he was talking about, uh, I think verbatim, he said, I can see why Cup was so open all the time, was because of KOC, and, you know, who won Offensive Player of the last uh, last year? Can you remind me? Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Was it Cup? Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, Jamar, yes. yeah, Jamar was so, rookie yes. of the year. Cup was... <laughs> Yes. Now, if trends hold on, you know, KOC wide receiver should win it this year, right? Um, and not only do I think Jefferson is a more talented wide receiver, um, Kirk Cousins, I'm not saying he's a better QB, but, you know, he's not dealing with a elbow problem right now. And, you know, maybe, maybe KOC is what Cousins needed to unlock um, that connection to Jefferson. So I can totally see it. Um, but for me, my MVP is going to be uh, Jonathan Taylor. You know, it was it was a two-way battle between JT and Cooper Cup last year. And, you know, I, I personally, I wanted JT to win it. But, you know, uh, well, I wanted JD to, JT to win it until I saw Cooper Cup's numbers at the end of the season. Triple crown, I mean, that's that's hard to, hard to argue against. Um, but, you know, JT, his, the Colts... I would say massive, massive upgrade for him at quarterback. And yes, he's a running back, but he's gonna play. He's gonna catch a lot of balls this year. Matt Ryan is. He's gonna stand in the pocket. He's he's old. He's not gonna move around a whole lot. And so dump off passes JT, and he he works best in space, man. He's gonna make guys miss, and he's gonna get a lot of yards, and he's gonna get a lot of receptions, and he's gonna get a lot of touchdowns this year. So. And not to mention the Colts have a top five O line this uh, this year and have had. So you know I think we're gonna see very very similar numbers from JT. And you know if he comes anywhere near to last year's numbers and doesn't really trickle off at the end, um, you know it's his for the taking uh, personally. But yeah. Deck, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, those are two very solid picks. Uh, you know, off of Jefferson. You know, you bring in KOC from the Rams, who obviously has the Cup connection. You bring in. Wes Phillips, who's an OC, you know, also coming from that system. And, you know, everything from camp so far is, you know, the highlights and the tape I see, it's like Jefferson is having such a good camp so far. And it's just crazy to think that these are also professional defensive backs going one-on-one on him when he's making them look so silly. But, yeah, I could definitely see that one. I could definitely see JT. You know, you bring in Matt Ryan. There's going to be there's gonna be some dump-offs. Obviously, Taylor's going to get the ball a lot. You know, you got Pittman, a receiver, who's, you know, a very good receiver, but Everything else is very, you know, meh right now. But uh, for me, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Derrick Henry. Um, 
I, w- I was also on board with Jefferson for a while, but last minute I kind of went with Derrick Henry. Just thinking about that Titans offense right now, you know, Tannehill had a, had a decline last year. You lose your top receiver in A.J. Brown, um, and then it's just overall just Derrick Henry's offense. He's th- That guy's going to get the rock, you know, 25, 30 times a game if it comes down to it. But, you know, he is such an animal when he's healthy. Even I mean, even playing with that, that plate he had in his foot or whatever after the injury last year, um, he the guy's just an animal. And, you know, when he's out there, he's going to do big things, and I expect him to be, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, I expect him to be healthy fully this year, and you know, uh, you know, he's gonna have to carry Tannehill a lot because I, I, I'm just not a big Tannehill guy, and I think it might just keep going down from here. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a very strong possibility as well, because because I don't think T- Tan Tannehill's gonna be the guy. I think he might decline, so they're gonna have to run the rock even more. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like you know, he's already what twenty twenty nine. He's up well, there. Talking Derek. Derek, Tw- yeah. Like the twenty fifteen class yeah. or twenty sixteen, and he. I, th- I want to say yeah. I want to well, say I want to say twenty. He's twenty eight. Well, one for, second. Let's let let's go to reliable Google here, and we'll get yeah, the actual. Yeah, he answer. is twenty eight. Okay. Twenty eight for a running back is ancient. Okay, not to mention you know Henry's had a very good track record with injury, but then we see it finally catch up to him last year. I had him in fantasy. I saw it firsthand. You know, he was dominant the first, uh, what was it, five weeks of the season. And then he hurts his foot, and, you know, he's out the rest of the season. And, you know, not only was that devastating to me, but it was devastating. Well, actually, it wasn't devastating to the Titans because they went on to get the one seed somehow. But, you know, I, it's you get a little nervous with Henry when he gets over that threshold for running backs and, you know, a guy that's not really used to uh, injuries gets one, you know, it's it's a little concerning. And that old line, you know, I'm not sure if they've really improved. I know they lost uh, Staffold, Saf- uh, right, Deck? Yep. Staffold yeah. went to Buffalo. So, yeah, so it's, you know, it's a less improved D-line or offensive line. And, you know, we say that, you know, they're going to have to rely on him more more usage always isn't always the best you know but uh, you know henry's used to that 30 carries a game and you know in those last 10 carries like the 20 to 30 he's ripping off big chunks so i mean i'd love to see it again from him i'm just a little cautious i definitely get that because because yeah it's it's just because you know, Harry seems like he could be that athletic freak where like age doesn't really affect him yet. Um, because that's what I would say if you know last season didn't happen. I mean, you could say it's a fluke and like, I mean, it's like a CMC thing where you got to see it two years in a row before you believe it. I still might be in that camp partially, but I can definitely see why that would warrant some caution. Um, so. I may definitely get that, but Tyler, I do hope you're right on JT because I'm taking him first overall in fantasy this year, and I think an offensive player year kind of year would be great for me. So, I, so yeah, uh, JT or Jefferson, I'd be the happiest man on earth. All right, let's move on to defensive player of the year. Yeah, let's do uh, that. All right, cool. Um, so I suppose Decker, you have the one different person. Would you want to start us off? Yes, I can. I can leave this off. Okay. I had my pick this year was Micah Parsons. 
Um, obviously, last year he was the defensive rookie of the year uh, with a monster season. But I think he can take the step up even more to defensive player of the year this year. Um, keeping Dan Quinn there at, at DC definitely helps out. Uh, Dan Quinn knows what Micah Parsons can do, knows the schemes he can run out there for him. Um, I just think year two for Micah is just going to be even better, and he takes the next step. You know, that that, that D-line in Dallas is still so good. Um, you know, and then you add the linebacker core is, is very solid as well. But Micah Parsons is coming off the edge. It's going to be a nightmare in my opinion, and I just think he can really take that that next step even higher than what we saw as right yeah. here. You know, to me, it's like, do is Micah Parsons a good player? Yeah, he's a really good player. He's probably like a top 50 player in the league. Does he play for the Cowboys? Yeah, he plays for the Cowboys. That Therefore, I can't pick him, you know? Um, <laughs> no, it, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Parsons had a phenomenally good rookie season, like record book, you know, just um, – to me, it was part skill, part his surroundings. He, the Cowboys defense definitely outperformed that uh, than what they were capable of, and you know that, um, you know they had Trayvon Diggs outperforming the interception column. Uh, they had uh, Randy Gregory on the other side outperforming, um, and then you know they. And they had, like, a carousel of linebackers in and out. So, of course, that um, – uh, and Mark – did Micah start out as a middle linebacker or an outside linebacker? I think they did. I think yeah, they I believe so. Was on, yeah. Yeah. And then they kicked him down. Right. So, you know, and Dan Quinn, phenomenal phenomenal defensive coordinator. Um, to me, I still think it's going to be a year or two before he really um, kind of finds his own because um, – he was super, super raw coming out of college. And that's why they were, like, moving him around the whole season, trying to find where he fits. And even, um, they've said even this year, they're still going to move him around. He's not going to be a pure pass rusher. And so I think um, that could either benefit or hinder his defensive player of the year chances. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. Sam, what do you think about Parsons? Yeah, my my entire thought process behind it is that, um, like you had mentioned, of course he was raw, and I'm mean, that's not my main like thinking as to why I wouldn't pick him because like, because because last year the guy had a season that that could have won him defensive player of the year, not just rookie. Mm-hmm. So like, my thinking is that it's um, it, it's sort of the idea behind the sophomore slump. Like, I feel like coordinators might have figured him out a little bit and he might not do as well i'm sure he'll still be more than solid and be a great piece of the cowboys defense but i think that a definite sign of regression could be in the future uh just with the fact that like um i mean for a fact that every coordinator who is playing the cowboys this year has been just watching his tape because they know that if they beat him they take out a big part of the defense so I think a sign of regression is definitely in the future, so that's why I don't think he's the best pick. I think that who I picked and who Tyler and I picked is uh, a safer and more possible pick. Right. And you know what, Sam? I'll start off with this with just one word. One word for our player. Do. 
That's right. Miles Garrett is due for a defensive player of the year, right? He's had mm-hmm. phenomenal years in the past. And you know what? How unlucky is him? Is he to not only have to go against Aaron Donald in his prime, but an up and coming TJ Watt, right? And the years that Miles Garrett has had, unfortunately, have been shadowed by some of the best defensive plays players we've seen like in like in the league history. I mean, we saw TJ Watt almost break the sack record last year. Boom. Season for the ages. We saw Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle, have statistically one of the best um like uh statistically one of the best interior defensive linemen seasons. You know, and I think Miles Garrett if he just he doesn't even need to take a, a step forward. He just needs to keep playing as himself. And what needs to happen is that someone just can't have a freak season like what, what has happened in the past. People just need to be normal for one season so Miles Garrett can win this goddamn award because he is due. All right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? What do you think? I mean, in some ways you took the words out of my mouth for sure because, like, I... Yeah, when you're going up against Aaron Donald for, like, I mean, your entire career, and then you have that sack record season, it's like, yeah, I mean, you almost can't compete with that. Mm -hmm. And that's, and so it's like, you know, you've got Donald going on 30, and you've got TJ, who, like, he shouldn't, you know, tie the sack record again. So, like, (laughs) it's definitely could be the year that miles garrett finally does it and um yeah no i I think it's like the most sound pick you could make just because of how well he's played and maybe some voters would take past seasons into account a little bit like not even like consciously but like you know no no in a way you think like this guy's played so well for so long right yeah so and he's due i think so yeah he's due yeah exactly it, co- it just it just comes down to that do all right miles due, garrett maybe. is due That's really... for a defensive yeah, player change, his... change him to miles do it let's move on all right off his rookie year <laughs> all right uh uh well so we're kind of all over the place on this one uh so i don't know who wants to start but I think it is interesting how we all picked the same position. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I can start. I mean, I got the hometown guy. I got, um, I got Watson. I got, um, I got the newest addition, the highest drafted skill position for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you know, it's coming out of college. He is like, like Parsons. Um, and you know, he's this athletic freak, right? And he went to a lower level division one school, right? So he might not have seen the best, uh, competition, but his like athletic metrics are off the charts. Now he tests very, very similar to a Marquez Valdez Gantling. Actually, he's got like a very similar build, a very similar 40 and you know what? He's a field stretcher and that's what he's going to be. He's coming in to fill that role for Rodgers in Green Bay and you know if he can play just a hair better not even a hair he's got to play a lot better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling because 
Scantling did not have the best hands, right? He dropped a lot of easy catches. It cost Rodgers a lot of yards. And, uh, you know, so he's got to play good, not only that. And he's battling an injury right now. He hasn't been in, um, in training camp yet. But just the league is kind of making a shift to drafting, like, athletic freaks, right? The guys that have the ability to do it, just not the skills yet. And, you know, we see even this year, we saw uh, Trayvon Walker go number one overall over guys like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, who, like, he's got, he's the most pro-ready athlete. He's got all the skills that you would want, but you know, Trayvon Walker just has, he tested like crazy at the combine, just his, um, athletic ability. So I think when you get a guy that is just so athletic and so like, and also huge, like Watson is a big guy. I think coaches can finally start to tweak how these guys, uh, think about the game and also, um, coach them just to be better players and really play into their skill set. So I think um, Watson is going to be my pick for Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I think he is in a top two or three position to win it. Like, getting dropped in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's a dream come true for a lot of wide receivers. Uh, So I'm hoping they build a rapport right away. And, uh, yeah, I like Christian Watson. And as a dark horse, yeah. I like uh, Dubs, our uh, like fifth round pick. I also like him as a dark horse for offensive rookie of the year. He's been playing very well, but I digress. R- Romeo Dubs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely um, a solid pick for sure. Sorry, Decker, I cut you off. You can go. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think I can, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I'm also going wide receiver. I'm going Traylon Burks. Um, not a very sexy pick, obviously. As I said earlier, not a big Tannehill guy. But again, it comes down to who else does he really have to throw the ball to? Um, they bring in Robert Woods, but Robert Woods is coming off a uh, ACL tear. Pretty severe ACL so, tear, yeah. Yeah, pretty severe. Um, and other than that, there's just not a lot of guys in that Tennessee receiving core that you know, they want to throw the ball to. With you know AJ Brown gone, Julio gone, which you know, Julio was was already regressing, but and had the injuries on and off, but. Not a very steady tight end, if I believe so. I don't think they really brought anybody, and I think they're still rolling. No, with they, brought in, they brought in they brought in Austin Hooper, gone. but I mean, ever since Austin Hooper's, oh, right, Hooper, you know, last season with Atlanta, he really hasn't shown anything special. But he's been in Cleveland the past past couple seasons, so that might, you know, that didn't help. Right. right. So for me, Traylon Burks just kind of it's it's not a great rookie offensive class per se. Um, you got Jameson Williams coming off a uh, ACL tear, and you know there, there's no obviously it's a very quarterback award if if someone was in it, but I don't see like a Kenny right. Pickett taking over for to win it, or, or Ritter's not going to start, or you know um, those right. type of guys, but or Malik Willis for example. But Traylon Burks for me, I don't know. It just seems like you know he's coming out of the SEC out in, out in Arkansas, dominated that. You know, it just comes down to who's who else is Tannehill going to really throw the ball to, and. He he could just slide in there where you could just randomly win yeah. it or just or just not put up the greatest numbers, but the office rookie right. class could just could yeah. Just be a I don't too. So you know, word out of camp for the Steelers is that Pickett's getting reps with the third team right now, so I don't think we'll see him till very late in the season. And you know, I you know Burks has 
you know, he landed in a good spot for volume. Um, he's going to get the volume. Uh, he might not have the best QB. And, you know, Christian Watson, he landed where, you know, he could get the volume and he's got the QB. And, you know, same thing with uh, Sam's guy. He's He might get the volume, but, but he's definitely got a good QB. So he's in a top top three spot for sure. Sam, why don't you talk about your pick? Yeah, no, thank you. I, because you just transitioned very well into what I was going to say is that I mean, I think that who I picked definitely lines up with 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 your line of thinking, Tyler, and that is Sky Moore for the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, because um, again, you know, because you want to have a top quarterback, and if you can't have Rodgers, you might as well have Mahomes. I think that, uh, you know, what what more could you ask for? And then I think that the question most people are wondering is, well, you know, he, he's joining kind of a crowded group. You got Kelsey, Juju, uh, uh, then MV, yeah, MVS went there yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then, um, uh, me Cole, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, so yeah, it's a crowded receiver room, but I mean, there's a good chance a lot of those guys just might suck. Like, you know, I'm I'm not a big Juju fan. I certainly think that having Big Ben didn't help. But, like, he just wasn't the same guy after AB left. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Me, Cole, probably would have been that guy by now. He's been there for how long? I don't, I don't think he's going to be that guy. I think he's what, entered year yep. four. Yeah, now. you know, year four. You got, you got MVS. I, I think he'll be very similar to what he was in Green Bay. So I think that Sky Moore has the most potential to be that new number one guy. I mean, take or take him in the second round. Clearly, you see something in him. And, of course, Kelsey, I mean, he's 33. I'm kind of waiting for him to just finally di- finally digress a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think it's going to be a Sky Moore and Kelsey show pretty early on in the year. Maybe not initially, but... I think it would be like a Justin Jefferson situation where by, by like week three we're going to start seeing him put some flashes up there. Uh, but certainly uh, uh, Watson's a very solid pick. Burks is also. I just couldn't pick you know, Watson because I can't bring that negative energy into the world right? Uh, just in case that, that would happen. So yeah, and Sky Moore, yeah, sorry, that's my guy. Just one more thing. You know, it's like um, we see like like a lot – Besides Burks, you know, the first-round wide receivers aren't really the guys that come to mind. And it's because, for me personally, it's uh, who's got who's got the good quarterback, right? And it's, and it's um, you know, th- we see Drake London. You know, he, he might have the best season out of all the rookie wide receivers. But it all comes down to how does Mariota play, right? Um, does Jameson get on the field right away? And is Goff able to hit him downfield? You know, and it's like... Uh, same with Olave. How is Jameis going to do off of his injury? Um, and, you know, he's in a crowded backfield. So I think I think right now we're with, for at least for offensive rookie, we, I think the biggest thing is opportunity, right? And because they all got the skills to do it, but it just comes to opportunity and volume. And um, I, I just saw that line or that same train of thought throughout all of us, so. Uh, yeah, so now we got defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Deck, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Um, for me, this is going to be Jermaine Johnson. I went back and forth. I originally, originally, when my initial thought was, I was going with Kyle Hamilton. Um, but then I had a change of thought where I was like, I think 
I think it's this is going to be an edge rusher year for for rookie of the year as as it usually mostly is. But Jermaine Johnson for me it's just all about the head coach, and that is Robert Sala, who loves his defense. And the edge rushers usually succeed in it from the, his first go days. You know, Nick Bosa was very solid. Uh, D. Ford had some good years when Sala was there at D.C. And then this year they also bring back Carl Lawson off a, off a season-end injury from last year when uh, they brought him as a big-time free agent. So you're going to have Lawson and Jermaine Johnson off the edge. And both, both shall succeed, in my opinion. But I think with Lawson getting just a little bit more attention over there, I think Jermaine can just take advantage of whether he's on the left or the right, take advantage of that tackle, and just pile up right. on the QB. And another incentive for him is just because of how much he slid. You know, in some mock drafts, some people had him at, you know, four, five, every anywhere in the top ten, and he fell all the way to, I believe it was mm-hmm. 26. So um, I think he's just got a little bit of extra chip on his shoulder where he just wants to be able to play very, right. very good. And, you know, the head, the head coach just really helps, in my opinion, yeah. with Salah, who just... It's just a and you know we saw last year with having a efficient pass rusher on the other side of a rookie with Micah Parsons having Randy Gregory, you know maybe Carl Lawson is what well it is exactly what Jermaine Johnson needs to kind of draw away, um, you know maybe uh, switch sides, draw away a little bit more blockers, um, and open up one-on-one pass rushing because um, he's a lot like tra- or, uh, Micah Parsons. He's got the athletic ability. He's a little raw still, um, but uh, having that one-two punch with Lawson and Jermaine, I think it's going to work out really well. And um, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that uh, with the athleticism um, and going off of Parsons' comparison, I picked Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, Thibodeau is like like the athletic freak Parsons with, was with the skill set that Aiden Hutchinson is bringing out, right? He, he was the complete package. And I, you know, there were concerns about his, um, like, like wanting to play football in the next level. There was, um, you know, uh, what's personality uh, concerns um, and just maturity concerns while in the draft process. But, you know, the Giants saw something in him. They took him with a top 10 pick. And, you know, what, like I said before, this is starting to become an athlete's league right and that's exactly what Thibodeau is he's a high caliber athlete you know um uh he doesn't have a whole lot of bend in his pass rush um from what I've heard uh but you know that's something that you can um you can work on obviously but this guy has technique down to a T he's got the speed he's got the strength and um yeah I think I think he's a good fit in uh in New York who desperately needs a pass rusher uh, he might not have like uh, a number or another good rusher on the other side of him. Uh, I mean, they got Aziz Alari, who uh, who they drafted last year. Um, I believe he got hurt during the season, so he wasn't able to really put up any numbers. But I mean, if those guys are able to both um, um, produce, um, like, or at least uh, get better over time with each other, I think that's going to be a good one-two punch in New York for a while now. So yeah, I got Thibodeau. Uh, as my defensive rookie. Sam, what about you? Yeah. Well, uh, to backtrack slightly, um, it was Decker who commented about how Robert Sala can bring out the best in um, Mr. Jermaine Johnson. Um, Decker, uh, I take your 
Robert Sala, and I raise you a man Campbell, baby. <laughs> Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson. I it's just you know, going back to what uh like we were talking about with like Hutchinson, I think Tyler touched on this. He's definitely the most pro ready option when looking at any defensive player in the uh, draft right now. And I, I just genuinely believe that uh, Mr. Dan Campbell is going to bring out the knee biter in this man. You know, he's hungry. He's ready. I, I, I think he's just really good to go. Um, and because um, you'd also brought up the point about how it's good to have that edge rusher on on, on the other side and if I'm not mistaken he does still have Romeo Okwara on the other side of him as well so that's definitely gonna help as well I mean I don't think Okwara is elite by by any means but he's certainly gonna he's be a warm to body some of that yes. pressure up. yes exactly <laughs> so thank you that's yeah that, you know yeah have you guys nice watched the first episode of Hard Knocks yet I have no idea. Yeah, I just watched it like 15 minutes before we got on, and man, let me tell you, Aiden Hunt. This is kind of like a thing that I picked up. Aiden Hutchinson going up against Panay Sewell, who's one of the best young tackles in the league. Probably, well, screw Young. He's one of the best tackles in the league. Just seeing their reps go back and forth, you can kind of tell that Aiden Hutchinson is really learning. Um, he knows how to move his body around, and going up against a top, I'd say top five tackle in Panay is really really going to help him especially in his rookie campaign so I think that is the most solid pick I think Sam um, yeah. playing playing it safe but for the exact right reasons so yeah yeah, yeah. and I like and I like what the Lions yes. are building too I mean they're, they're Campbell cries for his mm-hmm. team and he's building he's building a good culture there you can you can might not be seeing it fully this year in year two but I think you know right. year three year yeah. four now I'm not sponsored by shot. HBO in any way, obviously. But if you don't got it, go get it. Watch the season of Hard Knocks. First episode of Hard Knocks. I was ready to run through a wall. Like you don't even like I was hyped. That um, yeah, I'm excited for the Lions. Uh, in division rival, I think we can all say it. we're excited to see where they go. Dan Campbell's the right man for a rebuild, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, and the Lions are just like you know you kind of want to just want because you want to see them succeed. You yeah, know? It, yeah, because because they don't get to do that very often, so yeah. it's kind of fun to see them do well. Um, yeah, but I mean, I suppose they move on to uh, Coach of the yeah. Year. Um, I mean, I wouldn't um, mind uh, starting because uh, I kind of got my ideas laid out, um, and so my Coach of the Year candidate that I think is going to really do numbers is Mr. Todd Bowles um, simply because I don't think there has ever been somebody in the history of a rookie head coach that has inherited such an such a complete and just full unit team like I mean it's I mean, it's definitely somebody's dream to like become a first I guess he's not really a first year head coach because he had his jet stint but like to like restart as a head coach and to get Tom Brady, it's like, you know, I mean, you're kind of playing on easy mode almost. So, because um, I look at the trend of, like, who who wins coach of the year, uh, it seems to be that it's it's usually, like, a first-year head coach that has, like, the best record. Um, so sometimes it's based off improvement, but, I mean, I, I just think that Todd Bowles gets the best situation as a first-year head coach by far. 
and I think that he has a very good shot of winning it. Yeah. Yeah, Bulls is definitely a very, sure. very solid pick. I'm a little nervous just because he's not, like, a really, like, rookie head coach. Um, but, yeah, he's got a solid team. Arians did a great job leaving it for him, really setting him up to succeed. Um, yeah, bu- Buccaneers, um, like Sam said, very solid team. The thing is with Bulls, you know, uh, while that Jets team was certainly not the best, you know, uh, it was a short stint in New York for a reason. So, um, but like I said, uh, Arians left him like the holy grail of first-year coaches, or yeah, sure, first-year coaches. Air quotes around that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how Bulls does this year. Uh, Deck, who do you got? Speaking of first-year co- head coaching, who do you got? Yeah, uh, speaking of first-year head coaches, I have. Well, first, let me let me re, let me rewind one year for you guys. Last year, Mr. Sam Wontuck took Robert Sala. He was he was completely bought in on first year head coaches succeeding to win Coach of the Year. Obviously, that was a big flop. They, they, nowhere near expectations, and you know, just Zach Taylor comes out of nowhere with the improvement side of the Coach of the Year. Big rebuild, or, or sorry, big improvement from four win team in Cincy to making the Super Bowl, which was a shoe in for Zach Taylor to win it, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Wontog Well here and take first-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett and Denver. Uh, reasoning behind this is it's it's a mixture of both things: a mixture of rookie head coach and a mixture of improvement. Um, and as we saw in the Vic Fangio era in Denver, they were completely flopped. I mean, great defense, but offense never really did much. They, you know, standings-wise and wins-wise, never really up there. Never made the playoffs, but. I think Nathaniel Hackett walks into a great situation, obviously. Bringing in Russell Wilson is number one. You know, you keep that same defense. That defense is there. You got the players that are still there and will still dominate. But offensively now, you bring in Russell Wilson. You got Javante Williams year two. The Tim Patrick injury, sure. That one that one might hurt a little bit. But you still got Jerry Judy. You still got Cortland Sun. And let's not forget about Albert O. Who Albert O, maybe, could be a tight end sleeper for this year, but... You know, Nathaniel Hackett, just a guy with a great resume, great leader, obviously being the OC in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of praise for him, and that takes a lot for an offensive coach. Rodgers never really praises his coaches, but Nathaniel Hackett, he was very vocal about um, how good of a coach he was, how he ran you know, a meeting room, how he ran the offense. So I just think in, in, in a very tough division, which could be anybody's, um, I'm not saying they're going to sneak into the playoffs, but I think they could be very competitive to the point where, you know, it could be a game here, a game here, where they just happen to miss out. But I just think Hackett walks into a great situation. And, you know, based off Denver's previous years, I think there will be a big improvement. And I think I think committee could yep. look at that and give it the good old. I think right. Hackett's already the second-best head coach in that, in that division. I'm not a big um, Staley guy. You know, obviously we saw last year with his blunder. To get into the playoffs he's very statistic uh driven and you know and while football is a game of stats you know sometimes it's it's gut decisions that pay off at the end so i'm not a big uh stats guy and then um mcdaniels um is that right yeah uh in las vegas yeah, yeah. um you know he's you know he's <laughs> He's the head coach there. You know, I'm not a big McDaniel guy either, you know. And the thing with Hackett is he let Rodgers do his thing. You know, he saw, you know, he had, like, top 
top three quarterback of all time with him, right? And he let Rodgers do his thing. Now he's got Russ. And what's the word with Russ? What's the saying with Russ? We let Russ cook. Let's cook. Yes. Sorry, I probably should have tried that even. No, you're good. So, you know, Hackett knows... Hackett knows how Russ cooks, right? He's going to let him do his thing, and I think that's exactly what Russell Wilson needs to do with this newfound uh, wide receiver core and this newfound offense. Who has it? Like, Decker, you didn't mention it, but they got a very solid O-line. So I think um, um, while – and, yeah, their defense is great too. Um, So I think uh, that's a very solid pick and a very tough tough decision. And, and, you know, if Broncos win that division – I think Hackett's definitely going to be in the Coach of the Year candidate. So, uh, But kind of bouncing off my own idea, uh, my head coach is Nick Sirianni. And um, we'll talk about predictions later. I, Looking at the Eagles' schedule, they have a pretty mediocre schedule, I'll say. I don't have them winning more than 10 games. But... I have Sirianni here um, because I think Sirianni um, might have stumbled his way into one of the best rosters in the league. Their defense is going to be uh, – they they have so much firepower on that defense. And that offense, if Jalen Hurts can just take that next step, I think that's going to be one of the best teams in the league. And that's why I really think that the Eagles um, might have – one of the best records in the league. Uh, so this is kind of like a toss-up to me. Um, I'm kind of betting on the opposites here. I think uh, Sirianni has a chance to win Coach of the Year, but I also don't have the Eagles winning more than 10 games. So it's a little uh, hypocritical of me, but um, it's a little bit of a dark horse. I'm willing to throw it out there. So, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, no, it's definitely a swing for sure. Yeah, yeah um, it's... Yeah, I mean, I I think Coach of the Year was definitely like the toughest one for 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 me to pick. I think it's the toughest one to pick any year. I mean, after my Robert Sala debacle, I I will stand <laughs> by that. It's 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 the hardest one to pick. So, I mean, I'm really excited to see if any of us get it right. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, all right, and now comeback player of the year. Uh, Tyler, if you want to start, because Decker and I picked the same person, you can. You, you can kick us off here right right and you know i i'm so sick and tired of comeback player of the year mvp you know being these quarterback awards right and you know i while a quarterback is probably going to win it this year if they stay healthy i really really think christian mccaffrey He's gonna be back on his old, his old shit, and he's gonna be, um, you know, old CMC. He's not injury prone, guys. Okay, he's he's just had two unrelated injuries that have happened in back to back seasons. Okay, that's not injury prone. That's just bad luck. Okay, now I do see the argument against CMC, right? But I. Man, just looking back at 2019 with his season, or was it, yeah, 2019, the season he had, I mean, when he's healthy, he's on, right? He might be the most, like, just the best two-way, or, yeah, two-way 
running back. Not two-way, but, you know, he, he runs the ball efficiently and he can catch the ball, right? Um, I think that adds up to not only a lot of yards, right, but it, it brings a lot of attention to you. And I think Christian McCaffrey is just going to get back into the swing of things and he's going to get back to his old self. And I think he's going to rack up the yards this year. And I think he's going to win comeback player of the year. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very solid because he's he's proven before he can do it without a good quarterback. Right, he's never had a elite quarterback, right. you know. So he's proven he can do it before. Just give him the ball. Um, yeah, that is certainly a possibility. And uh, I mean, Tyler, I respect the idea that you're just sick and tired of the quarterbacks being the ones to win it. But this really isn't about making a statement; it's about being right. And that's why I think that Saints quarterback Jameis Winston picks Robert is, Sala. Shut up! Shut up! No. And Zach Wilson, offensive no. rookie of the year yeah. last year. Yeah, Zach. Yeah. Okay, Zach. I, okay, but, but I digress. This year I'm right. This year I'm on. All right. Uh, knock on wood. And so that's why uh, you know, Jameis Winston, right? You know, uh, um, when I think about how good he started the year. Um, Tyler, I mean, I'm sure that you probably locked this far away somewhere, but we all remember that opening game, Packers versus Saints last season. Um, like, Jameis is totally on. Rodgers was totally not. But, um, I mean, it makes you wonder if maybe Jameis finally found the place to play. Because, you know, he's, I think, started off with like 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, and only three picks, which for him is like, like, like who is this man? You know? Yeah, that LASIK uh, man. Yeah, yeah, the LASIK. I think, I, th- I think being able to see is definitely a big part of being a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, it, don't don't quote me on that. But so, uh, so I think that yeah, you know, the ACL that is a serious injury. But he he's not really a like a like a run guy anyways anymore maybe when he was like starting out he was i i i, I didn't really watch him back then but i mean, i think that he he's gonna rely on his arm uh dude's got a plethora of weapons to work with like you know thomas is back slant boy is back on uh you got jarvis landry chris olave and then there's still kamara in the backfield you can dump it off whenever the heck you want so right. I think he's in a fantastic situation, and I think that if he can play the way he did in those first, I think it was what what five six games, mm-hmm. or seven games, yeah, I think that he's. I think it's his award to lose. Yeah, so, real quick, Decker, before before you expand on that, you know, we saw um, Joe Burrow have a much more severe knee injury uh, the year before that, and come back and win comeback player of the year. Now Joe Burrow is not the same quarterback as Jameis Winston or vice versa. Uh, but it's it's shown that, you know, uh, an ACL for a QB is not the end-all be-all. You can definitely, like, as Joe Burrow shown, you can have a very, very successful career the year after. So go ahead, Deck. Yeah, no, basing, just basing off Juan talk and, you know, as history shows, it is a very quarterback award as much as we wouldn't like it to be. But... You know, Watt talks said a lot of good points, which I don't need to reiterate a whole lot. But the biggest thing is, sure, losing Sean Payton will hurt, you know, because Sean Payton could really take any quarterback in there. And, you know, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, you know, 
you know, the list goes on and on from years past. You know, Drew Brees was there for a long time, but you can take any quarterback really, keep them in the game. You know, they can win some games. But while that might hurt, they still have their offense coordinator there, who has been there since 2009, I believe, yeah. and Pete Carmichael, a name that a lot of people don't know because mm-hmm. he's not—he's never been—he's never out there for head coaching vacancies or interviews, or he's just a steadying force in New Orleans. And you know, while Peyton's gone, him still being there will help out Jameis immensely still because he, Carmichael knows he's got a little bit of wisdom in there too. And you know, the weapons like Wontok said, Thomas, Olave, Landry. Adam Troutman being back, who I think could still still be a solid tight end for them, and then Kamara, who loves to catch out of the backfield, and you know Mark Ingram as well. But um, and on the offensive line, while the Tron, Tron Armstead at left tackle loss will hurt immensely, you still got Andrews Pete, you still got Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, Ryan Ramchek. Those guys will hold it down. Still one of the best O lines that Jameis will ever have in his career. I think you missed the guy. It, you missed the guy on the O line. Uh, Trevor Penning. Uh, I would say if Jameis gets hit hurt this year, it's probably because Trevor Penning throws a guy into his knee. That's my bet. I, <laughs> yeah, tri- how how a guy starts a, a fight in training camp in three straight days is beyond me. <laughs> he, he, this guy is already starting out his career. Oh. Not even playing a game yet where he is labeled as a bust. Yeah. But, you know, overall, Jameis, I think, is just in a great situation. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think Montag said, said all the good points as well. Good but, points, yeah. yeah. So, I think we're ready to move on to, mm-hmm. by far, the most illustrious award that a player can get. Uh, and that would be the Sexiest Player Award. We told you we had something special. And special this is. I I mean, I kind of want Tyler to start because I, I think it's a little basic, Tyler. I okay, you when you... When someone says, Sam, in your opinion, think of the NFL sexiest player. Who comes to your mind? Well, we already, know, closed. we already know who you picked, but I'm going to say for 90% of NFL fans, they're going with the man, the myth, the adult actress dating legend, Jimmy Garoppolo. All right? He pulls, man. He's got the chin of a god, right? He... It's been chiseled by Michelangelo, okay? Now, <laughs> Jimmy G is just a good-looking guy. He could be in a fucking Calvin Klein commercial, guys. And while while you got your guys might not be the most conventionally handsome or sexiest, Jimmy G is. And you know what? It's just a fact y'all have to, have to uh, admit, okay? But uh, that's my pick. Sexiest player in the NFL. Yeah, that is very solid. Let's not forget he's also in a subway commercial. He's in a so subway commercial with his grandma. Uh, 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 okay, but no, not. why are we acting like being being in a subway commercial doesn't lead to terrible things in life? Uh, good point. Yeah. Sam, let's we'll hear your point. that road, but... All right. <laughs> um, now, okay, so... Um, mine... Uh, mine would have probably been... Ban every meme pages go to answer like two or three years ago. Maybe I'm a little behind on the times in terms of what's funny, uh, but I think what I picked is funny and true, and that is the Eagles' backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. I, I mean, it kind of hurts to see him in that Eagles uniform because he just looked so at home in a Jaguars uniform. Something about it 
just like the perfect situation for a man with luscious long hair, you know, uh, uh, beautiful brown eyes, and the mustache of an absolute just ah, you know, it's like I, I can't even think of words to describe it. It's like he was a man's man, like when because when I think of what like um, men strive to be, you know. Uh, back when we were in kindergarten, we would say, oh, I want to be uh, be an astronaut. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a football player. I think kids today would say, I want to be Gardner Minshew. Man's just charismatic as, as heck, man, you know? I will so, say, yeah, his attitude and his personality definitely plays into that. And, you know, I, I did hear this first grader once say, when I grow up, I want to have a rat stash and a mullet like my, my man, Gardner Minshew. So you got a point there. You got okay, a point but, there. Cause, okay, so, so I know you're being sarcastic. This is going to be our that? longest segment, guys. But, no, but, like, <laughs> but like uh, it, okay, <laughs> this is, like, veering totally off sports topic. But I have seen so many kids well, – okay, so – so, so my summer job is at a movie theater, and the amount of kids that I've seen go see Minions: The Rise of Gru with mullets, and they're like six, is absolutely mind-boggling to me. I didn't think those were coming back, but there's so many kids with mullets, and it's gross. So, oh, so they, you don't like don't mullets now? Well, no, 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 no. But, but, but there, but there are people that can make it work. Gardner Minshew is one of them. Um, Gardner just makes it work. Um. Uh, I, I, didn't Hulk Hogan have a mullet at some point? I don't know, yes. man. I, I mean, he made it work. Well, I think throughout his entire career, Hulk Hogan had a mullet. Okay, yeah, no, because he makes it... You have to be a certain person to make it work. And plus, I think that even adds to the fact that Gardner Minshew is the sexiest player. I think he it's makes, just confidence. Yeah, confidence, and he makes ugly hairstyles work. Right. And that's why Gardner Minshew, I think, is the obvious pick. Yeah. But and probably one of the worst picks I I could have thought of, Decker. Why don't Why don't you say yours? Well, Gardner Minshew is a great pick as well. Let's, let's not forget this man can wear jorts and a cutoff just flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, while Jimmy G and Gardner do come to mind when I think of the sexiest player, this guy just kind of just kind of like popped up in my mind. It just kind of stuck out for me. While he is also one of the best players in the NFL, I think he should be in consideration for sexiest player in the NFL as well. Cooper Cup. Now, obviously, he doesn't have a whole lot of attributes to what Garner makes sexy and what Jimmy makes sexy. But for me, the the, the blonde hair and the blue eyes, mm. what, wouldn't, what wouldn't a woman love in that? A, a nice smile, and I don't know. There's just something about Cooper you know, Cup. For me, when, when, when you get the... what's sexy about Cooper Cup is definitely his his humbleness. Bro's a humble guy. That's very attractive. I'll say that much. Yeah. Sam, what yeah. do you find yeah. sexy about Cooper Cup? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what what do I find? Well, okay. I mean, I'm looking at some pictures right now. On my computer, trying to see, like, do I agree? Cooper and... Cup shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, okay. Maybe after midnight I'll look that up. But, um, <laughs> but uh, 
uh, I'm, I'll be honest, Decker, I'm, I think without this beard, uh, you wouldn't even consider this guy. So mm-hmm. I think that the beard definitely helps. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, I, I, I mean, be careful, Tyler. I mean, Decker, there was somebody else who really liked blonde hair and blue eyes. And uh, yeah, yeah, we don't like him very much. Um, so Roger Goodell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's let's not forget who he's probably worse why than the guy I'm thinking of. Um, why wouldn't a woman love a wide receiver who pancake blocks? That that's fair. I mean, I love I love a wide receiver that pancake blocks, and you know what? I think it's a good idea to pancake block this podcast to the ground and end it here, fellas. Sound good? Yes. And that sounds like a plan to me. I think covered that, it very well. Yes, we've been quite productive today yes. in terms of our conversation. And so, of course, guys, uh, uh, thank thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, but make sure you come back in these next couple weeks because next week we plan to cover our record predictions for the NFC. And then the week after that, uh, it's going to be the AFC. And then we're going to be right into the thick of it with the regular season. And I think it's going to be one heck of a season. We're going to have a lot of great uh, things to talk about, a lot of laughs, a lot of cries. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just going to be um, just a barrel full of monkeys is going to be going on here. So uh, make sure you guys stick around and listen more. But, yep, thank you for listening and, and have a good night, everyone.